Everyone has a story to tell. Welcome to Dingo Talk, where we explore the experiences that make us who we are. Here's your host, Carlo Guadagnino. What's going on, Chuckleheads? I am Carlo Guadagnino. This is Dingo Talk. My guest this week is the head football coach of the Utica Pioneers, Blaze Fagiano. Uh, we're going to talk to Coach Fagiano about uh, being an NCAA champion in 1991 and his playing days at Ithaca. And uh, we're going to talk to him about the 20... We're going to really get into the 2022 season uh, with Coach uh, making a tournament run uh, to, to the second round. Uh, it's the best team so far in program history. We're going to talk about his career from 2008 through today. Um, and then we're going to talk to him about uh, the Empire 8, which is where we have now moved on to. Um, so that being said, you know the drill. If you're watching us on YouTube, we'd really appreciate it. Make sure you hit the like and subscribe button. If you're listening to us on Spotify, Apple, Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, or anywhere else you can get your podcast, make sure you hit the little notification bell so you don't miss any of the episodes. And make sure you follow us on the social medias. That's Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and Facebook. The only one that's different is the Instagram page. It's dingo underscore talk. Um, but without further ado, this is Blaze Fagiano. What's going on, Chuckleheads? I am Carlo Guadagnino. This is Dingo Talk. My guest this week is the Utica Pioneers head football coach, Blaze Fagiano. Coach, thank you for joining us. Carl, thanks for having me. Love, love talking football. Absolutely. So I got to ask, how did you find your way in 1989? As we do every week, we're going to take you back in the time machine and then work our way forward. 1989, how did you find your way to Ithaca? Man, I appreciate you asking that. I don't, I don't get asked that often. And uh, I really enjoyed the process, right? My dad wasted the money, spent $300 on a service. I had letters from all over the Northeast, right? And, but I really enjoyed like those trips in the car with my dad. I visited, I visited at least eight places. You know, I visited Springfield and Mike DeLong and Bob Ford at Albany and threw in a couple of D2. Springfield was D2 then and AIC and, Hobart and St. Lawrence, it was all over. And I always tell a story. There's a couple of funny stories about my visit to Ithaca. Okay. I'll start, well, I'll, I'll begin with the end in mind. At the end of the visit, my parents, and uh, I think we're going, you know, going to buy a t shirt or something. And there was like four or five players who I didn't know that talked to me for another 45 minutes about Ithaca football. And like that was like the icing on the cake for me. Like, they, they just genuine guys, really cared about the program. Obviously, you know, all the other things were them. I mean, they just they just won the national championship. So I, I knew what I was getting into, right? I knew that it would at least, you know, I had pretty good self-appraisal, right? Mm -hmm. That if I decided to go there, I probably wasn't going to play until I was a junior or senior and kind of knew that going in. A good friend of my, my dad is a, a retired police officer and a good friend of his son, Scott Barker, who's currently the athletic director at Pittsburgh Menden, uh, was a receiver on that team. And was my host on my visit. Now, you talk about visits morphing and changing, right? Like my visit was like meet Coach Butterfield for 30 minutes. Scott took me on the tour with a couple of his buddies. We ate in the calf. We went to a house party and went went downtown Ithaca. That was it. Mm -hmm. And now the visits are quite the to-do, you know, as far <laughs> as the visit, right? And uh, but you know, at the end of the day, it, it was really about the people. It was getting to know the coaches, and, and Mike Welch recruited me. And, uh, you know, he was the last coach to visit, right? So he, he came in and, 
you know, uh, in, in, I think it was in January, right? Because they were in the national championship game. So, uh, but just, if, you know, it kind of felt felt right. You know, it felt right. It was away from home, but not too far. I really liked Coach Welch. I really liked Coach Butterfield as people. Mm-hmm. And and just ultimately, as guys go and make their decision, at that time for me, which I always respect guys that make the opposite decision. So, because I've been on the other end of this, right? That I... <laughs> I picked one of the best programs and knew that it would take me a while to play. Mm-hmm. Now I've been on the other end of that. My time at Fisher, my time at Utica where, Hey, you're trying to build it. And Hey, trust me, we're going to get better. You know, you know? So I've been yeah. on the other side of that, you know? So uh, I tell the guys, there's no wrong decision in that, but certainly, you know, looking back on it and coach Butterfield was in the college hall of fame. And, and when ESPN did the 150. They, they ranked the top 150 coaches and he was like one of only, I think six or seven division three coaches on the list. Mm-hmm. And I think only three that only coached at D three, right? The coach at Dayton, whom I, uh, I'll think of it in a minute, but uh, like he was back and forth between three and they went up to, you know, FCS and all that. Yeah. Way back. And um, yeah, it was, uh, and it was funny. So I went in the visit first with my dad. We went back again with my mom to make, you know, on the final for the final decision. But uh you know, uh, it was funny too. My high school coach calls the head coach at Gates Chilei, so Jerry Everling calls uh, Coach Briggs and says, "Hey, you know, Blaze is going to Ithaca. I heard Jeff Whitman's going. They should be roommates." And Jeff was a three-time All-American running back at Ithaca, a lot better player than I was. <laughs> One of the only freshmen at that time to like he played varsity. Yeah, yeah. So he was real deal. Oh man, he is. He is. He is. He's still back in Rochester, my home area, uh, te- you know, teaching phys ed at Gates, Chilei. He just was just an unbelievable player. So there's, there's certainly a lot of good memories about that. I appreciate you asking. But it was a, it was a great, great decision. Listen, it wasn't easy. You know, it was, it was definitely a challenge. You know, like when you're a sophomore and there's, there's no JVs playing. Like you're straight uh-huh. scouting, straight yeah. scouting. You know, and um, you know, well, the so, junior years, the junior years, a whole other story. Well, and that's what I wanted to get into. So, so coach, what made that 91 team get back to the national championship? What made them so, what made you guys so good? I mean, you know, I think in football, that's how we love football. You know, there's so many factors that go into that, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and as younger guys, we had watched, you know, we came in after was at home, the college in New Jersey, if I have that right. Or that was our, that was after our first year, right? So, you know, it, we kind of watched him struggle a little bit and, but there was great leadership, you know, and, and it's funny. I just, anytime you do something special, I think a lot of things happen. Like you have a great defense, you have a tremendous quarterback. We had a great quarterback in Todd Wilkowski, you know, that he, you know, he won, he was the core freshman in 88 when they won it. Uh, you got great coaches, uh, you know, certainly a really tight knit family atmosphere, you know, coach Butterfield really preached and, I mean, from everyone to when I tell you family, like from the trainers to our custodian that was in charge of Sirachi, like everyone got a national championship ring that wow. that helped the football program be successful. That was one thing that certainly lasted with me for forever. For me, it was a big learning year because, and for me and my family, because I'm a junior, I get beat out by a good buddy of mine that I helped recruit there from Rochester, Rich Gene Forty, great D lineman, called him Gooch. And he ended up beating me out. So now I'm like, 
and he was like for second string spot. So now I'm like third string, may or may not play. I'm a junior. And typical dad, my dad's like, you know, you got to leave. And they, they don't know what they're doing. And I'm like, dad, I go, I've been here for two years. This is my place. I'm going to keep battling. And, it, you know, and my dad was a pretty big figure of a guy, like commander of the Rochester police firm. So for me at that young age to like say to him how it was going to be was kind of yeah. one of those defining, as I look back, defining moments in my life. And what the crazy thing is, is late in that season, um, unfortunately, my buddy, he, he tore his ACL in a game on a kick return. Uh, and, and like, yeah, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in a locker room with him, was on the road. I won't say where I'm on the road. And he's like, you know, you're up, like you're back up kind of deal. Yeah. Cause I, I don't think I played much that game. And like, that was a mentality. And so like, that's the year that we keep winning and we end up going on and win the national championship. And I got to play on ESPN. I joke around with the kids today, like when there was only one ESPN, you know, <laughs> like, like, like so many cool things around the game. Like, you know, uh, Bradenton, Florida, we flew down in a Trump plane, which was wild to think about, um, to think that he ended up being our president someday. Like the, the, the fact that Otto Graham spoke at our dinner, uh, that, that, that George Steinbrenner came into our locker room at halftime to wish us luck because coach Butterfield's son had worked for the Yankees. Like just so many crazy things happened in that game. Gary Danielson who's a big sec announcer Mm -hmm. and an old Browns. I'm a big Browns fan, by the way. Uh, I'll forgive you. Okay. Sorry. Old Brown, PA guy. That wouldn't be a PA guy. I know you probably wouldn't like that. Uh, (laughs) And, you know, and he was, he announced the game, him and jo- Dr. Jerry Punk announced the game. It was crazy, you know, and, and uh, during the, that playoff run, I just happened to always be at the right place at the right time. I recovered a fumble and coach Butterfield's like, uh, I forget what it was, 100th win, 200th win. Yeah. And then in the national championship game, their quarterback got hurt. The backup quarterback comes in, he fumbles a snap. I was able to recover it. And then that led to the go-ahead touchdown. So it wasn't anything special, but I got on the ball, right? I found yeah. like, got on the ball. And we had had some great – we had a great receiver, this kid, Nick Ismailoff, that when we scored the goal, had touchdown. Everyone remembers Nick's pointing to his ring finger. Like, he's real confident, just a great, great guy to be around. Um, you know, and then uh, to see, you know, what we thought we had was special then is just shown now when these guys are getting back together, you know, yeah, you know, the joke is, is that you're not going to see me at a Cortica jug till I retire, <laughs> right? And they're all back there. And this year, particularly, seemed like so many guys were back. Yeah, it was uh, for my graduation. It was my 30th year from graduating in '93, and to see all those guys get back together is is something special. So I, I just know always in coaching, I thought, man, if I could ever capture that, you know, wherever I was going to go, mm-hmm. that we we that would be special. You know, and and certainly takes a lot of work to kind of build that type of atmosphere. But there, there was just a lot of positive things going on back then at Ithaca. We ran the split back veer, like I remember the Titans, and uh, hated going against our O line in practice because they cut uh, us all the time. Well, and so, and it's interesting. I, I you know I was talking to a couple a couple of the other coaches that we've talked to that we bring when you bring up the veer and some of the running styles that are coming back into they, they get recycled. The difference is now there's a, there's the cut block rule has changed drastically to where 
the veer can work, but it's not, you don't have, your linemen don't necessarily have to worry about their shins being just blown yeah. completely away. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, you know, the, the gun read is just option, right? So, yeah, just a little, little sexier version of it. So, when you graduate in 93, why the decision to go to Albany? Is it because there was not a job available at Ithaca or did you want to get out yeah. and come back? I mean, I can't, I, I, thank you for asking these questions. And I tell you, I do not talk about these things and I appreciate just talking, talking with a guy that loves D3 football. So like, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of brash. I go in coach's office, coach butts. I want to work at Penn state. I want to coach. I got my degree in biology education. I got a coaching emphasis. I took coach Butterfield's football class. I did my paper on the wing T. Right. And, and like told me he would fail me if I said it was from Delaware. Now I can't do his accent very well, but he's like, Blaze, it started in Maine. Okay. That's where the wing T started. And if you put Delaware, I will give you an F on the page. So like I walk in this guy's office, who's a legend, and he's like, No, you're not going to go to Syracuse, because that time the GAs didn't coach. He says, You need to go. And, and I actually got into Ithaca's phys ed program somehow, and I had wanted to stay. Mm -hmm. And I get that because sometimes your guys, want to stay and i think there's times where it's good they stay for reasons i think it's time when they go like i think springfield's got a pretty strict rule for years where you had to leave you had to leave of, and then you could come yeah, back yeah and i admired that about, i admired that about springfield but uh so he's like no he's like you're gonna i'm gonna call bob ford at albany and i'm gonna call don miller at trinity i interviewed at both places uh albany had some ithaca history there was a guy mark mcquade who was mm -hmm. already there who played for Ithaca, Coach Welch, I found out, GA'd there years before me. And then in my interview process, realized that, holy cow, if I get this job, I'm going to be a part of this Bob Ford Ford Factory coaching tree, which is insane at the time, at that time, you know, and it just grew after I left. Yeah. Um, so, yes, it was, uh, and then the best part of Albany is I met my wife, Allison. My wife, Allison's from Albany, so. Uh, but certainly learned uh, about recruiting and the profession. Uh, it was a pretty intense interview. We had like eight GAs. Uh, it was a lot of fun, and I learned a lot about the game. You know. Now, after your your two years at Albany, it was time for a homecoming. You decided to come back down to Ithaca. Now, why is that? Is that right? Down to Ithaca, is, up to that Ithaca. Is, that is that is correct. Yeah, and and I had met Allison, and and uh, after my first year there. And I tell you, you know, you get to that crossroads, your GA's done. It's like, what's next? And I applied for everything. High school jobs, I applied for, I had nothing. There was nothing. And I'm like, holy cow, I can't get a job. And my D-line coach decided to just focus on in high school because he was a high school teacher, Tom Pollake. And just talk about like, just these men that I was like, Tom Pollake was a solo captain at Ithaca, Carla. Like he was a badass dude. Like, wow. That was my D-line coach. Like this guy. Big pedestal for me. So he he steps down and Coach Welch says, hey, would you want to come back and coach the D-line at Ithaca, which I thought that's the greatest thing ever, $2,600, and <laughs> I could just I could just sub. So I'm telling my wife's family, I'll figure it out. I'll just sub. And they're like, what? You know? And then Allison's like, you know, you're not going to go without me. You know? <laughs> you know, so it's very, very fortunate. She had like one interview at Green Central School District which mm -hmm. is like north of Binghamton, southeast of Ithaca, and she got that job. And to this day, we laugh. I think for the first half of our marriage, she made more money than me. And as I <laughs> as I worked my way up in the profession, but you know, um, 
that you know, great four years there working for Coach Welch, a guy by the name of Ray LaFord and Billy George were on staff. They went on and were a Coast Guard for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Billy just retired from there two years ago, I think. And then Brian Angelico, who just most recently was a co co passing game coordinator for the uh, Minnesota Vikings. Oh, that was our staff that I got to be around. And Ray G8 at East Carolina. It's like, like it was a great, I just learned a ton. I was subbing. I got a long-term sub. I ended up teaching biology at a high school. I was coaching lacrosse. I coached girls softball. And we did that for about four years. And I'll tell you the first year there, I'm there, we're one in three. And we're like flipping out because like, you know, Ithaca had the streak going. Mm-hmm. I forget how many years at that time of like winning records. It was like in the thirties and we turned it around. Then it went it had a five and four year. And then the next two years there, we won ECAC games when I was there, but we did not make the tournament while I coached there. But, uh, but that was, you know, that was just a great staff for me to be, be a part of, you know? Well, and then, so after your time back home, it was time to move on to, St. John Fisher, correct? Correct. And yeah. why was that the, I mean, obviously that being the D- DC makes that a lot more. Uh, yeah. Interest, it makes it more appealing from a coaching point of view when you're trying to work your way up. But why was that where you felt was the next step? Well, that wasn't easy either. So like, so I wanted to be full-time uh-huh. and twice, twice at Ithaca, there was opportunities I interviewed and I didn't get it. And there were guys that were way more qualified than me who I learned from and were great. I think that's one thing I've always been able to handle when things don't go your way. I, I For the most part, I think I handle it well, right? Mm-hmm. Like, okay, I didn't get the job. I'm just going to work hard, right? So then at Ro- I'm from Rochester. I knew uh, Gary Mervis, who would coach the kickers at Fisher, who runs Camp Good Days and Special Times, which is a wonderful place in the Finger Lakes. It's a camp for kids that are fighting terminally ill cancer. And I was friends with him and his family. And then there's an old, old dinosaur that we all love to death, Charles Bud Sims. And he's from PA. He's from East Carnegie. Oh, he's hey, that's out of Pittsburgh. I'm Scott Township. That's right down the Actually, okay. East Carnegie right. is Scott Township. Don't let okay. anybody tell you different. All right. So y'all, <laughs> yeah. So, so he, so Buddy was there. You know, Buddy, longtime coach, was a head coach at Brockport, head coach at East High School. And then I didn't know the head guy yet. I didn't know Coach Vosberg. Mm-hmm. And I'd met him at a camp, uh, this whole this thing called Jim. So another PA thing. So Jim McNally for years ran McNally's deal at the Woodlands Inn and Resort in Wilkes-Barre. Okay. That was incredible that I got to go to that for like six years. Like NFL guys, college guys, talking ball, having fun. So that's where I really got to know Coach Vaz closer was at that. So I, I even slept on the floor in their hotel room, right? I think I think all, any coach has that somewhere in their story where they yeah right convention slept on the floor in someone's room, right? So you know I get offered the job. I'm making about forty in Ithaca. The Fisher job pays twenty six, and I say that for coaches that might listen to this and get something out of this. Like you can't always make decisions for the money, yeah, right. So Allison's all she's great, all on board, knows I decide I want to do this full time. I, I could take the job a month later, Billy George and Ray leave the Coast Guard. Coach Welch offers me to stay at Ithaca. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> That's like, how no it interview, goes, right? Right, no interview. So that was a pretty big crossroads for me. And I just, 
and it, it didn't happen right away. Like it took me some time to think about it. And I said, you know what? I'm going to go back to coach Butterfield's advice about leaving and going to Albany that if I'm going to make a name for myself or I'm going to make an impact, I'm going to do it. And I think I could help St. John Fisher now because they were struggling a little bit. Um, and, uh, and I, I thought coach Vosberg was just a tremendous person, tr tremendous human being. Mm -hmm. So that wasn't a, a DC though, not to correct you, but so that was just a full-time assistant. Oh, coach Sims was the DC. And then we had a, we had a shift at three years. Let's see, we we're one and eight, we're one and nine, we're three and seven. We're working hard at it, right? We're getting better players. And then Coach Vosberg decides to shift the staff around. And he put Coach Sims with offense and O-line, promoted me to D coordinator. And I'll tell you what, I got to track back. One of the best things Paul Vosberg did for me, he's like, you're going to coach the second year. I said, Coach, I don't know a half from a third from a quarter. But I was a line guy. And he's like, no, you're going to coach the secondary. I know I, I'm going to go on offense. You coach the secondary and learn it. And he, we had a veteran secondary. Mm -hmm. Some of the guys I still keep in touch with. A kid, Sebastian Hernandez, tremendous person. He, he, California kid, actually. And I did that for three years. When I switched to being the D.C., Coach Vosberg came back to defense. And I went back to D-line, which is most of the part what I've done you know, since then, even being the head coach. But mm -hmm. that was a great thing he did for me. And then then the next thing's it's all history. Six and four, eight and three. You know, uh, we beat we beat we beat Muhlenberg at our place. Um, Coach Donley, uh, you know, uh, prayers for him in, in heaven. He's a great, great guy, old Ithaca guy. Duke Donley, good good buddies with Coach Welch. Um, and uh, Coach Fitz was the quarterback of that team, the head coach of Cortland, right? Okay. So then we read, we broke through. We were ten and we were ten and two, similar to what similar kind of deal what the Pioneers did. This year. Yeah. Um, so I'm always very, very appreciative of my time at Fisher because I'm not a head coach today or for the last, holy 15. cow, 15 years, right? So, like, I, I don't get this job if what doesn't happen at Fisher happens, right? Like, how do you go from one and nine to we're to playing Mount Union? Yeah, and then we're playing Mount Union in the final four, right? Like, you know, so there was, there was a lot that goes into that. So – that was that was a uh, that was a big move for Al. You know, it's, we definitely made big moves. It was always nice for Allison and I and all these coaches that take jobs and travel the countries. We could always drive home for Christmas, right? Like we were always yeah. were in New York. We we're always in New York, right? From Albany to Ithaca um, to to Rochester, then eventually mm -hmm. Utica. We were always in New York and close enough to family, which is something that's always been you know important to me. Well, and I think that's it's interesting. There's a couple of things I want to touch on. One, I think it's interesting that you bring up, you know, don't don't necessarily do it for the money because I think most people at the D three level will say you're not you're not getting Nick Saban money. You're 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 working because just like the athletes, you love the sport. You want to give back to. That's kind of what we've decided here as a group. That D three, from the coach's standpoint, that's really what it is. Is it's the guys that they want to get their education, but their careers aren't done. So. Um, now, why, after, you know, the success starts and you guys are rolling, why was it time in 2008 to make your way to the Pioneers? I'll, I'll quote, I'll quote um, Joe Gerbino, uh, who, who was our offensive coordinator this past year, was named D3 assistant coach of the year. We were really rocked the convention this year, Utica. We were pretty, pretty excited. I, I got to speak at the convention, which is like, Literally yeah. all time, 
greatest thing that ever happened to me to you know, speak at the convention. And Joe said to me, third recruiting before he left, and he, he's currently now at Bethune Cookman down in down in Florida. He goes, and this was funny. I never heard anyone quite say it's like if there was a job he felt that was made for someone, <laughs> he felt that the Utica job was made for me. And we kind of laugh about it because we know all the reasons why that, not just because of my last name. That that's certainly a big <laughs> part of it. Because there, there's like there's a lot of Italians in Utica, but my wife is also Polish, and there's a lot of Polish in Utica. But you know, it just um, I never I'll never forget it. Like I remember sitting in my living room, with my wife, and the job. I I'd saying something to her about the job and she's like, this is, this is going to be the one. I'm like, okay. She's kind of new. Like and, and there's not a lot of chances to become head coaches. And mm-hmm. I can remember being at Fisher and people starting, Hey, you're going to, my friends, you're going to apply for job. I was, I was, I look back and I can honestly say I was a pretty good be where my feet are guy. Like I gave Fisher, I gave every place, everything I, everything I, I had. Because mm-hmm. I believe that that kind of leads to your next opportunity. Absolutely. So the fun part is, is like there's so many families now that were in Utica whose kids either played at Fisher or Ithaca. So my phone's ringing, right? <laughs> you know, and Tony Leone and Brian McQueen and, and Lupia and all these guys are calling me and, and they're like, this could be a great job. And, you know, and I knew Coach Kemp very well. We had a good relationship. He just spoke at our clinic recently. Um, you know, he built the program from nothing to a winning record, you know, mm-hmm. uh, close to an ECAC game. And uh, I knew I would like the job. And on the interview, I really fell in love with it because I really fell in love with the people. Okay. So Todd Hutton, the president at the time, uh, Jim Spartano, the athletic director, uh, the deans and professors that like I could just tell that these people really cared mm-hmm. about this place and that the players really wanted to be successful. And I really just felt it was the, you know, it was, it was the next, next thing, you know? Yeah. And, and uh, uh, it's funny as I, as I moved from school to school, there was no call on the last place. So I had to, I had to find other people to call for advice and how to do this and how to do that. Cause like literally it was literally was leave Ithaca and Ithaca was the standard. Mm-hmm. Right? And then it took six years, but then we finally beat Ithaca. And then I think Fisher had a seven year win streak against Ithaca at one point. Right. And then, okay, then I leave Fisher and come to Utica, you know, in Utica, we only had one winning season, right? So we really hadn't beaten anybody yet, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, there was no call in the last place. <laughs> uh, and I've been fortunate to have some great coaches on my staff and and and, 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 and the right the right alumni. You know, I think yeah. Utica has been a place where it's important to us to have alumni on the staff when we, when we can, you know? Okay. There's no one better to, to sell your university and your area than your own guys. Hmm. I like that. I like that. I think that I think that's the truest of true. I mean, the guy that played for you for four years or or played there at one point, he's going to be able to connect and tell the incoming guy or whoever's on the team, hey, look, this is the way we did it. Let's improve that. Um, speaking of improvements, so the 08 season, probably not the, the way you wanted the 08 to start, but, you know, here we are. 14, this will be season 15. So 14 years later, best uh, regular season slash season in program history, correct? 10 and two, go to the second round of the playoffs. Uh, Let's talk about that 2022 season. What was, uh, why was this group special? You know, it's funny. Adversity always helps, right? So this is a group that that went through COVID. 
Mm -hmm. This is a group that went through a kind of up and down season in 21 to finish six and four and get a bowl game. Yeah. Right. And secure a winning season. Cause like we we've had multiple winning seasons, but for whatever reason, if you look, we're back and forth winning season, either 500 or losing season back and forth, back and forth. And we really wanted to put together back to back. So yeah. like in 19, we were 19 or 18. We, so 18, we win the bowl game against Ithaca. Huge. The whole state knows we did that. Right. That was big. Just the week after Ithaca beat Cortland. Yeah. Then in 19, we go five and five. 20 COVID hits. Play Alfred twice. You know, what the heck? <laughs> win at our place, lose at theirs, right? You know, uh, uh, big, big coach Rankle fan. He's a great guy. Then we go and, and and then we go back and forth, back and forth, six and four, and Grove City smokes us. So, like, that was, like, not a good feeling mm -hmm. for our whole program. Like, and... and I held everybody accountable on how that was never going to happen again. Okay. And we worked and we worked at that thing. And a lot of good things happened to get to what happened the following year. Right. Uh, our defense improved. Um, uh, our, our, we had a transfer quarterback, uh, mm -hmm. Braden Zanilovich. Uh, Braden came from U Albany. Um, and, and, you know, it was, it was kind of like always the backup, there, right. They're always trying to recruit someone better. Had, had eligibility left. Uh, we had a new, a, a new DC, uh, that replaced a guy that was like a legend. Like we had a guy, Will Clough, that was with me for 10 years. It's like bleeds blue wow. and orange. Like he's got yeah. blue and orange in his milk and his cereal in the morning. Like, and, but his wife gets a great job down in DC. They moved down to DC. So we had to bring in a, a new guy who mm -hmm. played at Salisbury, played D3. Like Sherm Wood called me about this guy. Like I think of Sherm Wood, I have him up on a pedestal in D3 football. And so, you know, bringing coach McClendon had some new ideas and then Joe Gerbino and Jared Klaus was like their fifth year working together. Mm -hmm. And it just all kind of came together. And it was a team that found ways to win. It wasn't always pretty. Holy yeah. cow. Like Kane's defense was unbelievable. U of R's running back rushed for like, they rushed for 400 yards against us. Right. Mm -hmm. I told the kids, if I told you in camp that we'd be down to U of R 21, nothing in the first quarter and up on Brockport 21, nothing in the first quarter, you tell me to go take a hike. <laughs> and that's what happened. Yeah. Crazy. Like U of R got on us early. We came back and found a way to win Rockport. Like we really were in control of the game, the whole game, which was quite a swing. So like the union game was wild. Like the union game, you know, it was one of those things that you'll never forget. We, we walk into that old basketball gym field house deal over there. We walk in and the guys are like, all right, so we're down. We can mm -hmm. go win this. They had no, no doubt we could go in. So we're down 24-7, you know, or 21, yeah, 24-7. We came back and won 31-24. It was crazy. Like, the defense, we couldn't stop in the first half. We had six straight three and outs in the second half. So, like, that was certainly, you know, Union had won the Liberty League the year before. You know, that was certainly a big one. Uh, you know, finding a way to win at Western New England, it was ugly. Um, even the, the playoff game, you yeah. know, we won it. We won it kind of with great red zone defense and we block a punt. And I mean, they were a great team, you know, and, and I think the thing that, you know, I'm always, a pro, you know, I always promote empire rate football, you know, being a New York guy, being in this conference, as long as I've been one way or the other, like, I think all like the D three football.com guys who I love, right. All <laughs> forgot that forget, yeah. that the, forget that it's Utica, right. 
There's a nine and one Empire 18 that just got a pool C. Right? Like, come on. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like the, the biggest thing that we all do is we all beat each other up. Mm-hmm. You know, Cortland, Brockport, Fisher was had Fisher was better last better last year. Alfred playing in Alfred Station is not easy. You know, and Hartwick always finds a way to score a bunch of points. So, you know, uh, I just that was the one thing that we were always confident in, and we kind of liked the us against the world. Yeah. Deal, right. And everyone's wondering how we got in, and the whole it was. We loved that. It was great. And like when we got in, because we were nine and one from the Empire Eight, and we always had a really high strength of schedule. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day. And um, what an experience, you know, mm-hmm. what an experience. And, uh, you know, it's funny, like, you know, the, the, the teams that have the selection show, they kind of know they're getting in, right? Yeah. So our guys kind of knew, oh, coach called the party for the selection show. We're going we're gonna to get in. And I was so glad because, again, I, I'm on the committee. Uh-huh. I'm on the committee, but I wasn't really involved in any of it because we kept we were in the mix. Yeah. So all these decisions were being made, the bracket, the selection. I wasn't really in, involved in that. And um, I'll never forget, we, we had beat Fisher. I stayed the night that night at my dad's place, and we were going to go hunting the next morning, mm-hmm. right? Because we're not going to know who we're going to play till 4 or 5 o'clock. Yeah. And about, it was like midnight that I got the call back and hopped back on the call that I knew that we had gotten in. And it was uh, certainly a, a great moment to have with my dad. And, you know, uh, just really proud of our kids our coaches, um, you know, finding ways to win, win football mm-hmm. games. You know? So, uh, you know, we've, we've kind of been painfully close, Carl, right? That's, right. Like, we're like, that's been us. You right know? there like, on the cusp. Painfully close. You know, like everyone talks about the Morrisville game and like, like yeah, Morrisville is a really good football team, right? Mm-hmm. Their defense was nasty. They found a way to run the ball that the controversial, you know, last play of the game. But you know what? At the end of the day, it was nice for us to be on that side of it. We've been on the other side of those darn things. And all our alumni know time and time again where, you know, uh, we actually won, won with Morrisville. It's like double, mm-hmm. triple overtime game. They, we think the game's over. We got a pass interference. They get the ball at the one, right? Score yeah. and they win. Yeah. You know, so I just think it, it I just think that, that our win in the playoffs was an Empire Eight win, you know, and what's great is of all like Bosberg's the best, right? Because mm-hmm. he is rooting for us, right? Well, they got to remember, you know, we beat Muhlenberg back in the day, and then he's talking about how Fisher went down and beat John Carroll, you know, coach. I know, coach, I know, <laughs> you know, because because he knows that 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 that's good for your conference, right? Because mm-hmm. it's so hard. Listen, it's so hard. I couldn't I couldn't even begin to explain eight and two teams, nine and one teams, who's better. It's brutal. Yeah. It I was so glad I wasn't even on the darn call. <laughs> right. And you know, it's crazy to think about. Like the, the year we played Ithaca, or no, two years ago, mm-hmm. Ithaca was eight and two with like a seven hundred strength of schedule and didn't get in. Like it's so so the only thing we can do to fix that as we're talking D3 football is expand the tournament. Okay. You know, which that is I, I think I think it's okay I say that that is certainly in motion. Right? So it is, it's, it's something that is oh, being yeah. talked about and there, trying to more than being talked about. There is work being done. I can say. Okay. And there well, is support from the NCAA in that regard. Now, do they look at, let me ask this from a, from the NCAA standpoint, are they looking at the FCS 
the division two and the division three playoff system for whatever that debacle is in, in the, in the power five. Cause the four teams clearly isn't enough. I'm tired of seeing Ohio state, Michigan and, and the, and Alabama and whatever to- school they decide to give the fourth seed to. Uh, right. But is that kind of, does that play a factor in as well? Well, I think, you know, there's a couple of models that we're working on, you know, that, that are, I think are that maybe get upwards to 40 teams. So now you can have like eight teams. Yeah. Right. And we all know what's wild about that is, is two of those eight teams could be in the national championship game. Yeah. You know, and I think that what we have going for us is of, of all the uh, sports, we have the least amount percentage in the postseason per our numbers. Okay. Right. So like with, it's with 250 teams and 32 go to the postseason. I think that proportionally is a little bit less than some of the other sports. Yeah. So there's certainly some, some good momentum here, which I think will be unique. Now, there's certainly challenges and timing of the game and all that, but that is certainly a work in, in progress. I think I can speak on it. If I get in trouble for that, JP Williams, I'm sorry, but <laughs> but we're I, you breaking know, news here. That's all we're doing. Yeah. We're just breaking news. Yeah. Um, but we're, we're we're working on it. We're working on it. The other big thing was the whole like the oh gosh, the whole like that we had to shorten the game nonsense, right? So I, what's going to happen? I believe I don't think it has yet. Is that we're going to find out this summer? That D1 and D2 are going to do it. D3 is not. Oh, okay. Right. So the challenge is going to be for those OAC officials that do both two and three games. Mm-hmm. Right. Is the clock stopping or not stopping? And it just, it, it, we just really felt like it had nothing to do with Division Three football, whose game was two hours and 40 minutes. Yeah. It's about, it's about television. And right? that's about right television. now, D3, D3 minus the playoffs, you're not really going to see Correct. on Correct. TV. So that's going to be interesting to see down the road, like, you know, because they wanted to keep consistency in, in the game of the rules. Yeah. Right. There already is a little bit of difference with with targeting. Yeah. Right. Because Division One, they watch it right then and now. If you get in the second half of Division Three, you're out of luck. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they they, still, they'll wait until yeah. after the game and then go review the tape. Correct. Not right at the moment. Yeah. You know. So. So, so yeah, that's that, that's going to be interesting. <laughs> What makes the Empire Eight so special? All right, my philosophy on that is this: uh, in New York State, there's no PSAC, no Division Two, okay, no D two, no D two. There's one. There's Pace, okay, down by New York City, and you know they're in the NE ten. Mm-hmm. I think that's a big part of it. I really do, and I think, you know, the, when the financial aid can be good at the Division Three level. I think that's where you see those private schools are successful. Uh, for us, it was, we did the tuition reset years ago. Like that's part of what, you know, what, what happened? Like there's so many things that happened at Utica. Like we started phys ed six years ago. Mm-hmm. We started sports management six years ago. We built the largest indoor facility in the United States of America, right? We call wow. it the, the hunt. So it's like a 40 by 80 turf field and 200 meter indoor track or weight room. Like, so certainly a lot of things have been going on at the university to help attract mm-hmm. the top level student athletes, you know, and, and you know, those are like, if that and sports management are two of our top five majors now, yeah. you know, uh, and that allows us to go and, and hit heads with the state schools. I think what makes the conference unique is the mix of private and state, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you don't see much of that anymore. No, you know, no, it's not, that's not a common yeah. thing. No. Like when I first was in the E8, we had Ithaca and Springfield. Yeah. So when they left, we got Salisbury and Frostburg. <laughs> like, 
all right, here we go. Right? And Salisbury won it every year. They won it every year. Okay. They leave. I'm like, so then finally, I don't know how Chuck Matrano did it. I'm like, listen, if we're going to play state schools, might as well play the ones that are right down the throughway. Yeah. And then, so then we get all the state schools, but then Buff State leaves and goes in the Liberty League. I'm like, really? So, you know, it's, it's been an ever fluctuating thing. schedule. Probably, and- ugh, the scheduling's probably, I hate it. Right? That's one thing I hate is scheduling. Now, mm-hmm. what's nice is talking to Pennsylvania here. Uh, we have a non-league agreement with the landmark, which gets some really great matchups. So we're playing Lycoming and Moravia next year. Okay. Which is great. Which is, which, and Lycoming, part of that Lycoming Wilkes leaving the MAC, and, and they're going to join the landmark this year for their first season as landmark schools. I'm not going to say, like, Susquehanna landed Cortland and Brockport. So. <laughs> so. Whew. You know, a lot of kudos to Susquehanna. They're they're great. That's a great. They're a really good football team. But um, mm-hmm. you know, um, but yeah, it's it's uh, you know, the Empire Rates. I think that's why. You know, the, the, some of the top Division three football players, uh, they can stay in New York. I think as you look at, I know New York sometimes will get a knock. It just does. You know, compared to Pennsylvania or Ohio or Jersey or wherever. But then there's like. In New York, it's like Long Island is different. Yeah. I think the City Catholic League is different. And then there's like, it's like anything else. Like, you, there's certainly pockets, Buffalo, Rochester, Syracuse. There's some just tremendous football programs that are continuously putting out college-level talent, right? Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, you, just because you say, oh, okay, you know, there are a lot of small schools in New York. Um, there's a lot of schools going back to eight-man football. I get that. But, I mean, some of the best players we had at Fisher played Class B, C, and D. And that's really been the same thing. Like, our first-team All-American played at DDS High School. Yep. It's a Class B school. You know, Vernon, Vernon, Cheryl. So, you know, I, I don't always – that's why I really like the small college football. Like, he can play or he can't play. I'm not so caught up in the in the numbers. I get it. You know, if you're given scholarships, you got to be right. Yeah. It's got to be a certain wingspan and height and all that nonsense. <laughs> I'm glad I don't have to deal with that. Well, and let's let's talk about when you're when you're setting up your recruiting board or you're and you're and you're looking at guys and you're what are what are you looking for in a in a college athlete? What are you looking for for a, for a pioneer, a future pioneer? Who the, the 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 best? We're looking for Utica guys that want criminal justice, that want phys ed, that want sports mm-hmm. management. That want construction management, that want physical therapy. Number one, yeah, because we're gonna we're gonna sell our academics. And then like our our families at Utica is it's a very unique. It's like a it's a blue collar diverse private school. Okay. So like if my parents make a ton of money, you never know it at the tailgate because they are down to earth people. Okay. Right? So we're trying to find those blue collar families out there that want a lot of first generation still. We're a big first mm-hmm. generation school. Uh, I mean, our college diversity in our football team is like 40% come from a background of color. They're not a private school in the Northeast that's no. even near that, right? I think most are under 10 or 8%. So like there's a certain unique mm-hmm. guy that we're looking that we think kind of fits us. Like our, our guys don't want a, a large school. They don't want 8,000 kids, 6,000. They want to know their professor. Yeah. You know, 
that's that's a that's a huge one. And then I think our guys like that we have a city too. You know, they can go they can go to a concert, they can go to watch our hockey team play or professional sports teams play at the Utica Auditorium. Like, there's they like that there's a place to get their hair cut, great food. Like I think a lot of Northeast schools are in these small little towns. I understand. I went to Bethany. Yeah, right. You know, so we like had we had a general store and a bar. That was it. It's Six like miles like, it's every like direction. Yeah. It's like Alfred Station. Same deal. Like you got your you got to be a different tough kid for that. Like our guys like that. There's stuff to do. So it's yeah. funny. Like I think there's what there's sixty thousand in the city of Utica. There's three hundred thousand in the area. Mm-hmm. There's like a lot to do. You know, and um, you know, and I just think we do a good job of. Uh, you know, involving our players, you know, and so that, that kind of evolved from the kids, the whole hashtag Utica guy thing that, that came from the players. And uh, I like that. Yeah. There was a Friday night meeting. I'm a big Friday night meeting guy. And I, I that's when all the rah-rah happens. The Saturday's business. That's okay. a true old, that's an old butts coach butts thing. And uh, I guess one Friday night before a big game, I went on and on and what I felt, a Utica guy was not really thinking about it. And on Monday, they're knocking my door down. Coach, you got to hashtag that. And that's when I still didn't know what I'm like, number sign. What are you talking? I didn't know what that was. <laughs> and, you know, so we talk about like a Utica, it's a, th- a Utica guy is uncommon. They're together. They have integrity. They play with class and hold each other accountable. That came directly from this group of fifth year seniors five years ago, the whole Utica guy, uncommon stuff. That was those guys. Yeah. And, you know, talk about, you know, they, they, you know, two rings and made a huge impact on our program, uh, certainly left a mark, you know, and uh, a little easier to recruit, right? When you, when you have 10 wins, then when you're trying to build it for sure. Now, uh, last football question, what can we expect in 2023? You know, our, our guys are hungry. I mean, the way they work this off season, like they know, like this is the first time we've had back-to-back winning seasons. Mm-hmm. And they know that everyone's wondering, how are we going to follow it up now that Nate Palmer's gone and Jimmy Warren's gone and these guys are gone. And like, I mean, both, both players of the year in our our league. So, I mean, we're going to be back to 38 seniors again. Look, we had 37 last year. We're 38 this year. An even higher percentage of them are in the two deep than even last year. We had a high percentage last year. Um, Had a lot of staff change. I had four one full-time and three grad assistants mm-hmm. all go on into to bigger, better things. And so that was some work that I had to do, you know, and, and our old line coach, Jared Klaus, uh, went through a tough interview process and showed that he should be the leader of offense. And couldn't tell you how, how proud I am of him. Uh, Braden Zanilovic, who played quarterback for us last year, is actually going to be a quarterback coach in GA. You know, okay. so I needed a quarterback coach since Coach Gerbino left. And I really switched the staff around and I promoted a grad assistant, Zarell Hendrick, who's from Rochester, played at Edinburgh, and had coached with us. And is just like a great secondary coach mm-hmm. and a great recruiter. And so I kind of shifted the staff around a little bit. And uh, we had a great spring. And I got that. We got that all done before spring. So, uh, so we're excited. You know, we're excited for the new teams we're going to play. We're excited. You know, it's funny. Like, we've never been nationally ranked, Carl, right? So the – like we beat Brockport and we're like the we're like 26. Right, <laughs> right on that and receiving we, votes. Ah, <laughs> right. And then we lose to Cortland, which they're very good and, and credit to them. Okay. 
So we battled back. We've still never been nationally ranked. So we beat Susquehanna. I had a good feeling. All right, now we'll be, we, we were nationally ranked, but of course they put Susquehanna ahead of us. Yeah. I got our guys love that. We're like, thank you for that. <laughs> More right, bulletin we, board. More bulletin board yeah, material. Yeah, bulletin, bulletin board material. It was so funny, like watching the uh, the bullies of Baltimore there, the 30 for 30, mm. and hearing the head coach talk about the bulletin board material and how those guys wouldn't have survived Twitter. <laughs> you know, but <laughs> the bulletin board's a real thing. So I mean, we were fine with them putting Cortland ahead of us because that's fine. Yeah, they, they beat him. But like, come on, like on the road. Like, but that's okay, you know. So you know, the, the guys have been working hard and, and we're excited for next season. And you know, I like to think that we're gonna have another successful season. One of our goals has been to win a consistently to whatever mm-hmm. level that is, right? And that's one thing that you know Fisher did for years. Alfred's done for years. Hartwick did back in the day, like every school in our league. That's interesting, right? I don't know if you can say this about some conferences. Every school in our league has won the Empire Eight at some point, multiple years in a row. What other conference can you say that about? Well, I can right? say that there's a couple conferences that I've interviewed already on this on this Division Three tour, and they predominantly have one school sitting that has sat at the top <laughs> of the mountain for a very long. There's maybe a little shift one of those conferences there's a little shift in the power structure but the other conference is still predominantly run by that that school with purple so but i know and we ran into them you know what i mean that and we we ran into them and and it was great for our program Mm -hmm. to go and see what that looks like like at the end of the day our guys knew that all right there's only two teams left playing in new york was us and ithaca yeah and we lose the mount and they lost the north central which is wild right so something certainly to build on you know so coach this is the part of the show these were these were random questions that my editor and girlfriend picked at the beginning of the season that i have asked every coach okay so if you could live anywhere in the world where would it be and why uh siesta key beach florida they have the best beach in the in the united states of america what is the most important lesson you've learned over your career To be where your feet are. I like that. I like that a lot. If yeah, you weren't it, coaching. Oh, go, ahead, go, ahead. oh, go ahead. No, no, you go. Rapid fire. I like it. Go. If you weren't coaching, what occupation would you be doing and why? I want to be like a charter fisherman, like Bass Pro. I want to be on the Bass Pro Tour. I like that. I like that. Just yeah, out there it. all day long. Yeah, a little, little hunt and fishing, a little combo, a little hunt and fishing show like you see on. Like I'm always watching in the hotel. Yeah. Saturday morning before the game. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Best compliment you've ever received. Oh, that okay. Give me one second. That's when when someone tells me they know I really care about my players. Best insult you've ever received. <laughs> and it doesn't have to listen. I understand no, most of the coaches have have stayed in the PG realm. Who? It they, doesn't they, have they, to. That's okay. It, you know, who does he think he is? You know what I mean? They haven't done anything yet. He's walking around, you know, kind of like right. that. All right. Yeah, I guess I guess you're not – I guess it's not okay to walk around like you're a winner if you haven't won yet, I guess. I don't – you know. People are people are noticing. Let's put it that way. <laughs> if you're being noticed, you're winning enough. I got it. Can I add one more? I just thought of one. When I was at Fisher, I was called a spaghetti recruiter. That was a good one. You throw it up against the wall and see what sticks because we were bringing in classes 
of like 70, 75 kids a year. Well, that team in purple, right? You look at the OAC, and I just on the talking to Coach Berman. Guess what? The best teams in the country got to have 150 to 200 kids on their team. But yep, yeah, spaghetti, spaghetti recruiter was one. Was one. I'm glad <laughs> that it was for the throw it against the wall thing because you know we have a lot of vowels in our last name. I thought they might be taking a stab at it. Uh, you know, they, they wouldn't. They wouldn't want to do that. <laughs> Coach, the final question is one that I created for this season. It's uh, it's very it's worded very goofily. Um, was there a question that you were expecting me to ask you? And if so, how would you have answered it? Oh, if you were to ask me a hard question, it would have been how the heck you tournament, right? Because that was obviously a big thing out there, right? And and. Uh, <laughs> And all I could say is that the, the committee looked at the numbers and the numbers always, you know, uh, always had us there. I mean, I think it's, it was tough uh, in some of the regions. It's like, mm -hmm. you're not supposed to look at the scores. Right. Right. And teams were looking at the score. Like, and I get it. Like Cortland really got after us. Yeah. We also turned the ball over four or five times. And, you know, they got after us. Look at, mm -hmm. The people were looking at that. And then they looked at like the, um, the Hopkins and, um, you know, Susquehanna was closer and yeah. people were trying, like, you got, you can't, that wasn't a, like not even anywhere near on there's a criteria no. and like a lot of, like upset a lot of people, you know? And, I, and so like, everyone's like, I'm like, guys, like, what, like, you know me, like what? I wasn't even involved in the darn thing. You know, <laughs> I was just, I was glad the committee picked us and glad that and knew, they knew what they were doing when they put us against Susquehanna. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm certainly glad our guys, guys played out that day, you know, and our, our college president was there by the way, you know, so shout out to her. Uh, she was at our bowl win. Uh, she was at our playoff win and, and she's retiring this summer. So the shout out to uh, Laura Casamento, who is from Utica, grew up in Utica and got to be our president here in her city. But wow. uh, so now I thought that would be the tough one, not knowing who you were, what we were going to talk about today. Well, coach, I will, I do have to also share some news. You might see this, this Italian face up there in Utica this fall. We are, we're in the process. We're going to select 10 games. We're going to try to hit, we're going to try to hit a full season, but throughout the different conferences. So um, obviously that decision falls to my lovely girlfriend and the editor of the show. She makes the decisions and I shake my head because that keeps me happy and keeps her happy. So well, just like I told, just like I told uh, uh, my guy from in the huddle, right? Frank Rossi, right? If, if you come, you want to come in the fall, don't, don't mm -hmm. wait till the end of the year. <laughs> and, 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 uh, you just let us know because we make sure you can get to the right places for some great food up here. Great food in the, in the Mohawk Valley. Absolutely. Coach, thank you very much for taking the time to sit down with us. Uh, for those of you that are sticking around, you know, what comes up next. Serenity is going to tell us all the things that I made, all the mistakes that I made during the show. And I'm going to point out that, you know, every episode's a chance to learn. That's my message this week is every episode's a chance to learn. So we'll be right back, Chuckleheads. What's going on, Chuckleheads? Welcome to another edition of the editorial. Um, I am Carla Guadamino. That's Serenity Brown because she's in charge of this segment, although you wouldn't know it if you've watched any of the previous episodes. Um, <clears throat> we just wrapped up with Coach Fagiano. Uh, what'd you think? I think that so far this has been because technically the edit's still not officially done with until after we've done this 
but so far this has been the hardest edit to date since I've started editing. And why is that? Um, we've had a lot of cuts, like his, uh, I don't know if like his internet was like cutting in and out, but there was a lot of cuts. So some of them, it's a smoother transition. You can't really tell some of them. It's kind of a hard cut. I'm not that great at editing. So yeah. It's a learning experience. So, um, and then um, trying to input the background that we usually have behind the interview itself with all of those cuts taken into account is uh, a little bit more yeah. a little more tricky um i really enjoyed talking to coach i think it's uh it's a different ball game when you're talking to uh ranked teams and, and teams that that um had had either been in the playoffs or went to a bowl game and we've had that but it's a lot of the teams that we talked to before i at least knew um because the pac and the oac being right here yeah. um that being said you you look at some of the games that that utica had and wow i mean that, that they made they went on one hell of a run last year um i talked to your dad this past weekend about you know where is utica in relation to everything I, I don't think that Utica will be on our list, seeing as it's, it's like, so you guys, where you are, then it's Utica, then it's Syracuse, and I don't, I just don't think that we have the means to do that. So, um, I also, you know, I lied to all of you, we're not giving you the dates yet for, or the games that we're going to, because I haven't finalized that list, uh, we had some things come up. Um, and we're not doing, we are doing a, a top three thing at the end here. It's not going to be the barbecue thing because apparently I, I repeated the same thing. It's the same, same question. Um, if you're watching us on YouTube, we really appreciate it. Please hit the like and subscribe button. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever else you get your podcast, hit that notification button and, uh, you know, appreciate you. Don't miss another episode. Um, and then you can follow us on the social medias, which are... Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook. The only one different uh, is the Instagram page. Do you want to give them that one? That's right. That's right. It's not so easy, is it? It's dingo underscore talk. I um, want it so bad to say dingo talk underscore. <laughs> but but that just, wasn't even what it was. It was dingo under talk score is what I said, actually. I know. So, yeah. All right. So I'm going to throw some words at this one because we are from different, uh, we hail from different regions. I'm going to throw some words at you and we're going to see how different the vernacular is. Uh, I'm going to start with an easy one. It's crayon. Crayon? That was better. It wasn't as whatever you, cranberry that you were saying. Crayon. Earlier. Oh, okay. That's a berry. It's good for your stomach. Uh, gum band. Rubber band? Absolutely not. It's a gum band. Rubber band. Buggy. Shopping cart. No, it's a buggy. Shopping cart. Clicker. Remote? Clicker. Remote. No, it's a clicker. It's a remote. Alright, and the last one. I've also heard some people call a vacuum a sweeper. Yeah, it's a sweeper. That's a broom. A no. sweeper is a broom, a vacuum is a vacuum. No, but... Yeah. No. Why? Because you sweep with a broom? Yeah. No, that's... <laughs> The actual, the 
and this one I'm sure for those of you at home, if there's any of them that you agree or disagree with, please let us know. Uh, this one, it's pretty self-explanatory though. Uh, it's pop. It's soda. It's not because soda is the thing in the box in the back of the refrigerator and pop no, is pop. It's, uh, soda. And if you want to be technical. If you want to be technical, it's, it's soda cola. pop. Well, technically it's cold. Pepsi is a cola. Coca-Cola. Technically. It's soda pop. It's soda pop. If we're from the Midwest. But so, we're not. But we're not. We're not from the and Midwest. And I'm pretty sure cola only refers to dark sodas. So root beer would be a cola? I don't think so. Technically. No, they're all pop. It's pop. It's soda. It's pop. Okay. Well, we're gonna put up we might put up a poll this week at some point. Pop or soda. Settle the debate here. So but uh you got anything else? Coach, we really appreciate having you. And next week we will be uh, we'll be back with, I believe, another coach from the Empire Eight. Um, although you never know, you could see there, we have a we have a school from Alabama, we have a school from Texas on the uh, uh, so you never know who's going to end up on on Dingo Talk here in the next couple weeks. We're branching um, out. We are, we are like a tree. We'll see you next week, Chuckleheads. Thanks for checking out this episode of Dingo Talk. Don't forget to rate, comment, and subscribe. For more info and to contact the show, you can find us on Twitter at Dingo Talk.